I do not buy dreams. I sell them. I'm your host, Fred Johnson, and thank you again for joining me this week uh, via iTunes as well as SoundCloud. Um, You know, I got to say, man, I'm very uh, humbled and gracious and appreciative of the support. As I brought this podcast back, you know, I've received a few questions in regards to why I'm not necessarily promoting this on my social media, you know, with the same fervor in which I did the last go round. And quite frankly, it's just because... I enjoy this being organic. This is something that I'm doing because it's therapeutic for me. It's something that I just enjoy. And if you happen to come across it and and find us, you know, on a topic that you can relate to or a topic that intrigues you and it's an experience in which you enjoy, you know, cool. I appreciate it. And I'm cool with, you know, building up, you know, a listening, a listenership through that, um, this isn't something that I'm doing commercially. This isn't necessarily something that I'm even doing for the money. Um, and you'll find that all two million of us podcast podcast hosts. Um, it, my, this isn't the industry to get into if you're looking for monetary gain. You know, there are a few uh, that upper echelon that we're all familiar with that, you know, receive a nice check. But for me, I just love the platform. I love the ability to, to share my thoughts and you know, also give an insight in regards to the conversations I have with those that I hold close. Um, but this one this is going to be guest free, kind of hearkening back to where we were just a couple weeks ago when I first brought it back. And, uh, you know, before I get into it, man, first and foremost, thank you uh, to the listenership, not only domestically, but also abroad, um, Brazil, Portugal. Um, goodness gracious, man, from from Europe to you know, Middle East, India, I mean, so many different places. And again, however you come across this, you know, the fact that you take some time, be it two minutes or the entire 20 plus, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for this. But, you know, for those who remember last week when we were talking about my tough love and the tough love that I give to my son, today was interesting because, you know, some of the feedback I received from that episode, a lot of people you know, ask questions in regards to my relationship with my father and where it stands currently. Um, and while I've I've said that I'm not necessarily one to bash people behind their back, and you know, the fact that my father and I don't talk at the moment, you know, I don't want to take this as an opportunity to just bash him because everything is is rooted in one person's POV. You know, your point of view and what you experience, how you digest things that occur. I mean, it's all predicated off of how you internalize it. And so in regards to my relationship with my father and how that could potentially play a role in regards to how I parent my son, you know, I can I can see parallels in this instance. Um, My son being very sensitive like I am. I know when I hurt my son's feelings and in doing so. I immediately feel horrible because I recognize that the reprimand was coming on the heels of him, not necessarily openly defying me or coming from a malicious place or just wanting to be, you know, um, insubordinate, not, you know, it's not coming from a place that's malicious because my kid isn't that. And, you know, 
my father and I are going on almost a year of not speaking. And I mean, to even <laughs> go through the history of our relationship would take probably a multitude of episodes. But not only that, it would really uh, uncover a lot of family secrets that I just feel it's not respectful to uncover in this platform at this point in time. But I'm sure that, you know, I will cover at a later date, like many of the other secrets and, <laughs> you know, intimate uh, details and inner workings of my family life. But, you know, you can never pick your family. You can never pick your parents. I mean, and this isn't a one-sided affair. You know, even on my wife's side, there's some turmoil. And, you know, I decided that in regards to discussing it, you know, I wanted to broaden it a little bit, you know, instead of just harping on my situation, because, yeah, you could listen to me talk about my family for 20 minutes and plus. But, you know, I've realized more than anything, you know, we all have issues right now that we're dealing with in our respective families. And of course, with the holidays right on the horizon, you know, now's the time where it feels like everything comes to a head. You know, when beefing with family, man, it's cool come January because there's really not anything going on that will call for everybody to be together until you get to November, until you get to your Thanksgivings and Christmases and maybe even New Year's, depending on how your family is. You know, for my family, that's all we did, just the big holidays. Now, in regards to my wife's family, it was like every weekend or every occasion to get together as a family, they did so. And you know, rooted in both of our issues. I mean, it's it's elements of um, mental health in regards to her side and elements of violence. And, you know, years ago where there were elements of addiction, but now it's more or less violence and a disconnect in regards to respect between parent and child and a lack of respect that I've developed, you know, from my father. Again, not wanting to specify, but that's what we're looking at in regards to issues that we're having our our respective sides. And the toughest part is being supportive and, and, you know, being there for my wife as she goes through her family situations because, you know, her family was a lot closer than mine. You know, she's not a child of divorce like myself. She has siblings. I'm an only child. So for her, when there's this fracture, it's felt in many different ways. And it's something that's reflected in the people who are involved. And for her, it's five people. More so if you count myself, my sister-in-law, and then even the grandchildren now. Whereas my situation, as a only child of divorce, it feels like it really only involves two people. <laughs> Just myself and my father. And you know, for me and him to not be speaking, it's something that has occurred regularly throughout the course of my life. And I imagine that for those who can relate and who are either going through it now or have gone through it, you know, the toughest part is trying to figure out the significance that that person plays in your life. You know, as I sit back and I've talked to my therapist about it, I've talked to my wife about it. I even talked to one of my closest friends earlier today. Shout out to Prince. You know, you try to figure out if we're told that the father is a significant player 
in shaping the lives of their child. What happens when that father's in his 60s and the son is now a father himself and in his 30s? And, you know, before, um, you know, my biggest thing was saying that in parenthood, you know, we're really learning on the fly because there is no manual. Um, but speaking from the perspective of somebody who's about to be 34 with two kids, I don't view myself as anyone's child anymore, even though I have a phenomenal relationship with my mother. That's my world. I don't know in what ways I need parenting because the parenting I received was always non-traditional because it was just my mother and I for long stretches of time. So our relationship wasn't your prototypical, you know, do as I say and you go about your life and develop. It was more conversational. It felt like my mother and I were just in a partnership to try to stay afloat, you know. As I watched her sacrifice, I myself felt when it was time for me to be able to do the same thing, I did. I didn't go right to college right after high school. In fact, I got a job working at the Children's Hospital because being able to do so allowed for us to have cable in our home, allowed for us to attempt to go out and buy a vehicle because I had no vehicle throughout my high school years. And, you know, shortly after me graduating high school, I lost my grandmother, my maternal grandmother, who in essence, play the role of de facto parent. So I was forced, like many of you, I'm sure, to grow up a lot faster than you probably needed to or should have. And in doing so, I feel like something was skipped in my ability to nurture and foster intimate relationships. And I'm not just talking about in regards to romantic relationships, but I'm speaking more to, you know, the relationships of your relatives and your family members. And, you know, for me, I found myself piecing together my quote unquote family with people who were just really close friends who I trusted, who were loyal, who never betrayed me or hurt me because I felt like in regards to my actual family, there were elements of hurt, but also abandonment. And so, you know, as I try to figure out and navigate relationships now, I think in my friendships, I put a lot on them. I put a lot on my friendships, more so than my familial relationships. And it's so it's really unfair to my friends because I'm a hard friend. I'm a loyal friend. But. I think there's times I have expectations on my friends that are unfair for them and it's impossible for them to meet, number one, because they're never aware of said expectations. And also for them, they have a family. So as far as me meeting their needs and what they need, it's that bar is substantially lower than the bar I have for them. Because when we become close friends, not only are you that, but you now become family. And, you know... There's been times, I don't know, in this, this you may not be able to relate to, but, you know, there's times on, you know, social media that I'll become frustrated. And this can tie back into the podcast when, you know, for me, I see the statistics as I shouted out, you know, those countries. I, I know who's listening to the podcast and it breaks it down even to city. And when you feel like that, 
that support that you should be getting from your friends isn't being reciprocated, there's a tendency to get in your feelings about it. And I've raised my hand. I'm absolutely guilty of doing just that to the extent where, you know, you do the unfriend thing (laughs) and then have to do the eventual refriending. And then, you know, for some, you have to go through the explanation for others. You just probably lie depending on how close you are with them and just say that, you know, you don't know what happened or you started a new profile or whatever you may do to try to conceal the embarrassment of of just saying, listen, I was in my feelings. And, you know, it's, I'm sorry. There's a lot about myself that it took for me to get to this point in my life to understand about myself that I feel I have a better understanding of who I am as a man than I did 10 years ago and that I did maybe even five years ago when a lot of my world got turned upside down in a career that I thought I would be in for 20, 30 plus years, you know, that rug was pulled out from under me uh, unexpectedly. And so through that process, you know, that that and I know rock bottom has almost become cliched, but let's just say that in the midst of any type of storm or adversity, you know, as it gets worse, you find out that it's only getting worse because there's something you need to be taking away from it and you haven't quite gotten there yet. And you'll find yourself, you know, increasingly being isolated from the people who seem in proximity so close to you but for whatever reason it may be and for me you know I never push religion in any way but I do view myself as spiritual I feel like that's when you have to reconnect with whatever that higher power may be than what you believe and you know I had to learn that I can't hold things against people in regards to what they don't have the the capacity to give. You know, my situation with my father, it's not, I, I don't hold anything against him because he wasn't a better father. I don't think he had the capacity to be because he didn't grow up with his father in the home either, right? Which perpetuates a cycle. And I won't even get into stereotypes, but, you know, I don't fault my father for not being the dad I needed because he never knew how to be. And him not being in the home with me, he had no idea what I needed. You know, but when we get to the topic of respecting someone, especially one who commands respect, right? If respect, respect can't be a one way street. And regardless of where you are in your life or what title you hold to an individual, respect is something that it's like playing defense in basketball. For those who who miss me talking about sports, defense is an effort thing. You know, it's not so much talent. Sometimes the guys who play the best defense on the team are doing so because that's the only thing keeping them in the league. (laughs) So it's their niche. And it's something that they dedicate them, themselves to in regards to their preparation for the season. 
you know, guys like Bruce Bowen, 3 and D guys now. It's become a coveted position in the NBA, right? It's just knowing your role. It's a limited role, but if you work hard enough on it, you find a way to master it, and you become one of the best at it. You become remembered for it, and even in that, you can say you did your job, right? And so when we got back to saying, you know, last week that my son, as he lives his life, it's him who's the star of the show. It's not me. Well, for those individuals who, as they get older, still find ways to make things about them and lose sight of the bigger picture, which I will say that in certain instances I've been guilty of as well. You know, I don't think it's possible to mend fences with them unless they recognize the error of their way or realize that their point of view, that POV, is a little skewed. It needs to be adjusted some. And so, you know, like I said, man, when I push record, I'm I'm big and just letting the feelings flow. So at times in this, I know I probably rambled. And that's, of course, my apologies. Um, because I believe time is very valuable and I never want to waste yours. But I do appreciate the time that you take in regards to listening. And this is an ongoing thing. You know, this is more or less a stream of consciousness that's ongoing. It's never meant to reach a conclusion (laughs) by the end of the episode. It's just things that are weighing on my mind. And hopefully it's something that you, you, the listener, can either relate to um, or maybe assist with, which is why I always ask, you know, for you to comment, you know. Because I'm I'm all about dialogue and having that interaction as long as it's kept respectful. And, uh, you know, again, you know, like, rate, subscribe, comment, you know, available on SoundCloud and iTunes. But, you know, I feel like I've given myself something to really ponder, something to really pray over. And uh, for those of you who can relate, who are going through it, you know, feel free to share your experiences, man. I... I If you feel comfortable doing so, but, you know, I never will sit back and claim to be an expert on anything. You know, I'm just somebody going through the journey just like yourselves, man. Like I said, I just take advantage of this platform that's afforded to all of us and hope that over the course of that, you know, you hear something that can be helpful. But also, you know, I can receive some game that's helpful from y'all. But In any event, guys, I appreciate you taking the time to listen, your support, and I hope you guys have a phenomenal week, and uh, you guys take care of... I do not... Be good to one another. I dream. I sell.